Hi folks, I hope you are all doing well and having a fantastic day so far. Welcome back to the Fashion Founder Podcast. I'm your host Charlotte and I'm the creator of the Fashion Founder Programme, which is consultancy and community for fashion founders who are starting or scaling their own fashion business. And in this episode, we will be discussing the importance of creating a brand. In any marketplace, it's really important for a brand the right at the very beginning of their journey to spend a little bit of time creating a unique identity that allows them to communicate their values, to show up in a way that's representing their belief systems, their products that they're offering, the customers that they're catering to. And this really sets them apart from their competitors. If you're right at the very beginning of your business journey, you might be wondering what a brand identity actually is. And this is essentially the way a business presents itself to its customers or to its audience. It's the way it shows up through its photography, its name, its logo, messaging, its brand voice. It really is just the way it communicates and how it shows up. So in simple terms, it's the personality of your business and the way that you I've heard this being used before, but the way that you humanize your brand. This is what helps you to create an emotional connection with your customers and allows you to connect with them on a little bit of a deeper level. And a well-defined brand identity helps to build that know, like, and trust with your audience that we're all looking for, which allows them to go from just someone that follows you on Instagram to someone that's actually a paying customer. So the first place to start in developing a successful brand strategy is knowing who your target audience is. It's really important to know who you're speaking to, to know how to speak to these people. So thinking about your brand values, the interests of your customers, the lifestyle that they might have, just digging into your ideal avatar. And when I have gone through this with clients before, they tend to look into sort of demographical aspects of who their customer is, their location, their, you know, their hobbies, when actually this is sort of quite surface level. So I, I like to get people to dig a little bit deeper than that, to think about what's important to this person? What do they value? What is their belief system? What are they interested in? You know, really thinking about more than just, you know, this is their location, this is their age, this is their gender, this is what they do on a Saturday night. Really just thinking about like, what is important to this person? What do they value in life? Do they value their family, their relationships? Do they enjoy being out in the open? Do they hike? Do they listen to podcasts? What books are they reading? And it doesn't mean that you need to spend hundreds of hours on, you know, really creating this ideal person because there will be, you know, a bunch of different people that buy from you. There might be a handful of different personalities that are buying from you. But one thing that connects them is their shared values. So that's really important. Look into what this person values and how can you fit the gap with that and communicate that through your messaging and through your brand identity. It's important to not try to cater to the masses. I see this done time and time again. And what this actually does is sort of saturates your brand. If you don't have a point of difference and you're really just sort of neutral, there's nothing really that defines you from another run-of-the-mill fashion business, then it's going to be very, very hard to find your people. So don't be afraid of, quote unquote, I hate this word, but niching and 
really defining what your brand is and what it means to your people, because that will be what allows you to create a strong brand that resonates with that customer. And no matter how hard you try, you'll never be able to appeal to everybody. So you might as well just go all in on the subject or the area of the fashion industry that really lights you up, that really matters, that you feel passionate about. And sort of side note from this, it's really good to remember that people generally buy from people. They invest in stories, they invest in narratives, they invest in values and belief systems. And if you can share that through your small business, which you have a massive opportunity to capitalize on over bigger stores and retailers they can't quite storytell like smaller brands can it's much more intimate you're able to really go in on I guess your why and what it is that that lights you up and why you got started with this brand in the first place so try not to see yourself as the founder and the business as two separate entities if you can be confident in putting your face to the brand because ultimately that's going to be what people are buying and, and, and investing in. And that way, it'll be so much easier to stay true to your business and truly authentic, I guess. If you are trying to be something you're not, or if you're trying to hide behind the camera and always show this sort of polished highlight reel, it's going to be, well, one, very, very hard to keep up and two, just won't feel authentic and it'll soon get exhausting trying to put this front on. So if you are really just showing up with the raw, real, behind the scenes style content through your brand messaging, doing this in your most, again, overuse of this word, but in the most authentic version of you, it's going to be so, so much easier to stay sustainable in your strategy because it just won't feel exhausting to create content that, that feels real. And this is much easier for your audience to resonate with and relate to. This might be a pretty shit example, but I always like to think about the Kardashians. For me, I don't really buy any of their products. I've never bought anything from any of the brands that they have, whether it's their makeup lines, their clothing lines. And that's personally for me because I just don't resonate with them. I don't share the same values as them. I don't have similar hobbies. I don't talk about the same things. We don't have the same mission in life, I guess. So as business owners don't particularly resonate, I can't relate to them. So therefore I just choose not to buy from them. Well, I guess that's one of the reasons. But if you think to the brands that you do buy from, so think about your own spending habits, your own consumer behaviors, the brands that you buy from, particularly smaller businesses, there will be a driving point to why you've chosen to buy from them. So before doing any of your personal identity, designing your logo, spend a little bit of time thinking about the brands that you regularly go back to and think about why that might be. So I guess once you're in a place when you where you know who your ideal customer is, the first pillar of a well-defined brand is having a strong, rememberable name. Anyone who's in the early stages of identifying what they want their brand name to be, my advice is often avoid anything that's too long, it's hard to spell, it's difficult to pronounce. If you go down that route, you will often find that people can't remember it, it's hard for them to identify. They won't necessarily recommend you to others because they can't remember you. So try to keep it something short, sharp, snappy, bold, something easy to identify and easy to remember will be much more striking with your customers. Try to think, I know we're not competitors to the 
high street retailers or fast fashion brands. But if you try to think about successful brands out there, it is usually a short five, six letter word or maybe two words. Um, it's very rarely a long, overcomplicated name. So just give that some thought before investing too much into anything that's too overly complicated. And before applying for your trademark or registering your business, make sure to do a little bit of research to see if it's already been used elsewhere. So you can check the IPO, you can check Companies House, you can check Instagram, TikTok, um, just like good old Google, just to see if it's been used elsewhere. Obviously, that will then be the defining point of whether you can go ahead and use it or not. So your name and your brand will be communicated through your messaging, your brand voice, but then also through your visual elements like your logo, your color palette, your typography and your photography. When it comes to creating this identity and this brand pack, it's important to make sure that you're investing your time wisely. I know many people like to experiment and do this themselves, but think about whether this is going to be the most productive route. In my own business, I started out designing my own visual identity, but I never felt like it quite worked for me. I think I toyed with maybe three to four different names. And each time I created a whole new brand scheme, whether I did that on um, Photoshop, Photoshop, Illustrator, Canva, I had, you know, all of the, all of the platforms and every time it just, it just wasn't working. I never really felt authentic when I was creating content. It was always really difficult because I just, I just felt like I wasn't being true to to me, I guess. And I finally bit the bullet. I reached out to a lovely graphic designer and I put together a bit of an inspiration board, told her what the business is about, what we offer, uh, the colors and the visuals that I was interested in. And she went away and designed the perfect brand identity, which is the same one that I use today. And now creating content and putting myself out there feels so much easier because I feel so much more aligned and I know that my brand identity reflects who I am and what it is that I offer. So if you're at the same sort of position in your journey, right at the very beginning, trying to define who you are and, you know, create an identity that's reflective of that, don't struggle along doing this on your own. I highly recommend working with a designer because it will just save you so much energy and so much time in the long run. When it comes to deciding what sort of color palette to use. Think about things like subliminal messaging and color theory. It's how you use different colors and visuals can relate back to your brand and how you might want to be perceived. And this will also define how people feel when they buy from you as well. So a really good example of this is a lot of household bank names that you see on the high street, often brand in blue. And this is because blue represents trust. It represents power and confidence, which is exactly what you want from someone that you're putting your trust into to look after your money. Another good example is green, which is what my branding personally is. And this can be associated with honesty, integrity, and sustainability. So think about this in a little bit more depth and how you can use color theory in your own brand. You don't necessarily have to just use a color just because you like it, or if your patron or your products are sort of aimed at women, you don't necessarily have to use pink. Think a little bit about what it is that your audience want from you and how you can use your colors to represent that. In a lot of cases, successful brands don't just choose their colors and visuals by accident. 
And the same goes for your logo. You know, you might want to play around with something really creative. If we think about some of the top brand names out there, like Apple, um, Nike, you know, the or Nike, the, the swoosh, you could really get creative with this and, you know, have a, a really strong icon that represents the brand and, you know, has, a, a I guess, a hidden message. But it's important to note that branding isn't just a logo. It's the whole story. It's the messaging and it's the experience that comes from engaging with a brand and buying those products. In one of my earlier episodes, I referenced Simon Sinek and his book, Start With Why, and the theory behind that. And this is really relevant here because strong, successful brands understand nice and early on in their journey that their products and the brand experience must fill a customer need and inspire first. So if you think about what your core driver is, what your, I guess, your intrinsic motivator to start your business in the first place. If you think back to that, that can really help you come into your own with your brand identity and understand how you want to be communicated and what you want to be known for as well. So if you do work with a brand designer or graphic designer, they'll often put you together a bit of a brand pack, which covers the visual elements, the typography that you use, the, the font sizes, all of that good stuff. And it will really allow you to stay consistent and coherent across the board. I advise anyone that you take on board, any vendors or suppliers or production partners that you're going to be working with, just send them a copy of this, just so that everyone across the board is fully aligned. Everyone's on the same page and knows exactly what it is that this brand is about and, and what it is that you're putting out there. Your branding needs to be consistent across all customer touch points. So this is going to be the way that you show up on your social chat, uh, social channels and platforms, your email subscriber list, the customer service you provide, and any content creators and influencers that you partner with as well. I once heard something that said, branding is knowing who you are. Marketing makes sure everyone else knows who you are too. So you've identified what it is that your brand is about. You've got your strong identity. You've got your core values. You've got all your beautiful visual elements within that. So you know who you are. You are really confident in conviction of showing up as who you are. Now make sure you stay consistent and coherent in your marketing channels so that everyone else knows who you are as well. Don't get me wrong, creating a successful brand identity is going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's definitely something I advise spending a lot of time on right at the begin beginning of your journey, you know, pre-production, really just nailing in on who you are and what you're about so that you can be building a loyal customer base or a loyal audience and a community online before your products are even here. It's well worth spending the time and investing in that in the early stages because you'll be thanking yourself later on down the line. So I hope this episode has provided you with some valuable insights into the importance of branding in the fashion industry. Thank you so much for listening to the Fashion Founder Podcast and don't forget to tune in to our next episode. And if you are currently at the starting stages of your fashion business and you're in need of some support, head to my website or my Instagram, which is linked in the show notes for more information on how I can help you.